It's Thursday, August 3rd, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. And so yesterday, Caleb and Adeline and Emily and one of Caleb's friends, Graham Kemp, and I got to go to Tuscaloosa. And as a shameless plug, as an Alabama fan, we got the opportunity to go and meet Nick and Terry Saban and to see uh, many of the football players who will be playing for the University of Alabama this year. And I just want to take an opportunity to, for whatever you may say about Nick Saban and his obsession with football and and really almost his worship of football, he and and Miss Terry certainly are putting uh, some of their money where their mouth is, and they are utilizing those resources uh, to help uh, organizations who care for orphans and foster children and vulnerable children uh, in Tuscaloosa and throughout the area here in uh, Central Alabama. And so Nick's Kids actually gives uh, almost a million dollars a year to these organizations. And uh, and yesterday was the, the opportunity that we all got to come together and uh, the organizations that are supported. We got our support checks and got to meet the Sabins and just have a great day with some of the kids that are impacted by Nick's Kids. And so what a great day it was and an opportunity for, you know, our kids to go and to meet some of the football players and to get autographs signed. And, you know, even as we were going through the autograph line yesterday, one of the things that that just really caught me was here are, you know, African-American players and and white players and and white coaches and African-American coaches, and they're all together for one purpose. And that purpose is to play the best football that they can. And of course, at the University of Alabama, right, to to win national championships. They're together and and united in in purpose. And and we saw players that were, were, were joking around because they were united under the banner of football, of playing football for the prestigious University of Alabama football team. But, but even as we can continue our discussion on racial reconciliation, the gospel and adoption, it, it makes me think, what, what better purpose is there for us to unite behind than the gospel of Jesus Christ and in caring for children under the name and the banner of Christ Jesus? So as believers, as, as those that are, are redeemed by the gospel, Right, we should we should be the first that are stepping into a multicultural world. We should be the first that are seeking to care for children, not because they look like us, but because they're needy, because they remind us of our need before Christ. And so we we step into this world of of engagement in orphan care and foster care and adoption, and we come under this banner as as people of of all different skin shades and socioeconomic levels because we're united under a great purpose, the purpose of making the gospel of Jesus Christ known. David, the the psalm writer says in Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14, for you, God, formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very, very well. 
You know, one of the many gospel-driven steps towards engagement and racial reconciliation really does involve caring for children through orphan care around the world, through foster care here in the United States, and ultimately through adoption. Our families, our lives, and our perspectives change when we step into the multicultural world of foster care, of orphan care, and adoption. We no longer see people as projects, but we see them as image bearers of Christ who eagerly desire and need authentic relationship. When when we begin the journey to care for the fatherless, the orphan, and the widow, we enter into a journey into the heart of God for a kingdom of all people uh, uh, that are, are, are made up of all socioeconomic levels, all races, all cultures, all nations, and all languages. Cross-cultural adoption and foster care, they, they, these families soon learn the complexities and the realities of the sins of racism, big bigotry, resentment, and prejudice. You know, these families begin quickly to understand that the kingdom of God is more precious because it is only in our father's family that the differences in our epidermis are truly celebrated. My friend Jeremy Haskins, he's a, a pastor in Lexington, Kentucky, and a year ago he wrote a blog post just about processing racism with his black sons and his white sons. And, and he wrote in that blog, he said, because they are brothers, Racism isn't a social issue. I love this. It's a family issue. May it be the same for the family of God. Local churches ought to be the go-to place for the world to see what racial reconciliation and familial love that transcends color really looks like. Ah, beloved, what what would it look like? If our adoption were, were not something radical, our, our, our care for orphans in a cross-cultural, cross-socioeconomic, cross-skin color way was not radical, but it was just a picture of what the body of Christ was already doing. You see, within God's great economy, black lives matter. Babies' lives in the womb matter. People with Down syndrome matter. Babies born with only a brain stem, their lives matter. Elderly lives matter. Prostitutes' lives matter. And all lives matter because we are created in the Imago Dei, the very image of God. Even as we read the news and Coming from the United Kingdom and, and we see the, the, the story, this, this sad story of, of what happened to Charlie Gard, this little baby whose, whose family was not allowed to seek the greatest medical care because ultimately his life was seen as something just to be thrown away. Beloved, don't we understand that when we read Psalm 139 in its completion and in all of its context, this is not just a pro-birth passage, right? This isn't just reminding us that the Lord fashioned us and knew us in the mother's womb. No, Psalm 139 is about a God from whom we cannot hide and who values life as precious, beginning inside the womb, but carrying forth on the other side of the womb as well. And that's why we have to stand up for the life of, of little babies and little children like Charlie Gard in, in, in the United Kingdom. That's why we have to stand up for racial reconciliation. That's why we have to stand up and plead for children who have been born and their families. 
We are not called to be pro-birth. We are called to be pro-life. And when we are called to be pro-life, it radically changes the way that we look at life. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I beg and I plead with you, let's care as much about life that has been born as we do the life that's in the womb. Love, minister, and speak truth and love to the woman contemplating abortion. Reach a hand to the 14-year-old who's been displaced from his mom for years and is rebelling against his foster family and who could wreak havoc to your world, right? Embrace the uniqueness of a child with cerebral palsy from Asia who may never be able to speak the words thank you or I love you. Adopt a child from a different ethnicity as the Lord leads and shows that all life matters because it reflects the glory and the image of our glorious God. James 1.27, right? Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. We are promised that one day our Savior will return, and it's imminent. He will come in all regalia and glory and usher in healing for our world, a world that is broken and torn apart by the curse of sin. Jesus himself reminds us before his departure, I I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. What a glorious day that will be. As the old hymn reminds us, one day the trumpet will sound for his coming. One day the skies with his glories will shine. Oh, wonderful day, my beloved one, bringing my Savior Jesus. Oh, glorious day. Oh, glorious day. And I want to ask you, do we yearn for the coming of Jesus or are we more in love with this fallen, sinful world and our ambitions and agendas? Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come, invade us with your grace, your gospel, and your glory. May we spread the seeds of your kingdom to reconcile races to you. It is the responsibility of the Lord's children to show racial reconciliation and the gospel as we care for the fatherless. Has the Lord put your family in a place where you could adopt or foster a precious child in need, and in so doing that you could disciple them in the gospel of Christ? May the Lord burden all of those that are listening today with his command of James 1.27 to care for orphans and widows in their distress. And, and even as we've talked this week, maybe that's advocacy. Maybe that's going on a trip. Maybe that's going to the other side of the world. Maybe it's not foster care and maybe it's not adoption, but, but beloved, we are called to do something for the fatherless. And as we do, we show that we are united together as brothers and sisters of Christ under the banner of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's something greater than being united under the banner of a university for a football team, right? But, but yet, are we as excited about showing racial reconciliation through adoption, through foster care and orphan care, as we are to the September kickoff of college football or NFL football? Oh, where are, our, where are our priorities? Where is our passion? Revelation 5, 9 through 10 says this. 
And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you, Jesus, were slain. And by your blood, you ransomed a people. Listen to this. For God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God. And they shall reign on earth. So, beloved, God is calling us to care for orphans, to care for widows, not just those orphans and not just those children and not just those widows that look like us or live in our neighborhood or live in our zip code. But God is asking us to get out of our comfort zone and to seek out those kids around our community, around our cities, around our state, around our nation and around our world that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that need to be reconciled into him. And in so doing, this watching world looks at Christians and they say, Why are you loving others that look so much different? Why are you getting outside of your comfort to care for another? And we say, because we serve a king and we serve a master who didn't see heaven and equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself in the form of a servant. And while we were far and estranged from God, he died for us, for all of us, for black men, for white men, for Asian men, for Hispanic men, for Middle Eastern men, for Europeans, for Asians, for all people, for every every tribe, for every tongue, for every culture, for every ethos. God died for us that by his wounds we would be healed and we would be one family in his glorious kingdom. I want to remind you again that Tomorrow, Friday, August the 4th, we will actually be releasing a new Defender Podcast Extra edition. And this is the once or twice a month extra podcast that is hosted by my friend, Dr. Rick Morton. And do join uh, Dr. Rick this Friday as he hosts a discussion on how to advocate for your children uh, who have come into your home through adoption or for those children who are in your home through the foster care system. As they go back to school, how to advocate for them to make sure they're getting the services they need and and make sure that they are able to be serviced as, as well as possible in your school system. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow Lifeline on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by searching for Lifeline Child. And for more information about how you can get engaged with Lifeline, you can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the followers. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.